From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, happy Thanksgiving Eve and welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. Yes, folks, on this eve before Thanksgiving, I'm happy to be with you guys. I'm sorry, uh, didn't get a uh, episode in yesterday uh, due to some technical issues, but today we're back at it. And very thankful for all the blessings that we, that the program has had. Uh, We're approaching our two-year anniversary in January, just after New Year's. And 2023 has been a nutty year, to be sure. But there's a lot to be thankful for. At least I know I'm thankful for a lot of things. And I hope you are too. And, uh, as always, if you want to send us an email, communicate with us, just go to inblackandright at gmail.com or check out our website, inblackandright.net. And also, encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, We uh, will be doing, uh, I do believe about the first week of December, we will be back doing some video versions of this and get that back up on our Rumble page. Uh, But also, we'll still be doing uh, the audio version and you can subscribe and follow and be notified when new programs come. Just simply pick your favorite podcast platform and just you know, look for In Black and Right, R-I-G-H-T. And boom, there you go. It's a, and it's a great way to, uh, you know, learn about some things. And also, I encourage you to send it to friends. And because we have grown. We are now, and one thing of, speaking of a thankfulness uh, sort of a theme, I am thankful that this year we have reached 38 states and 12 foreign countries. I didn't expect the foreign countries, but yep, we've had uh, people from throughout the world, from Europe, the Middle East, uh, other parts of the world, uh, download our stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty fantastic. Um, so anyway... As we are in sort of a Thanksgiving theme sort of mode today, and there's a lot of things that I am thankful for, as I've said. Uh, Certainly, one of the things that this year uh, I'm thankful for is the fact that uh, I had an opportunity back in May Uh, to appear live on Real America Voice's morning show, uh, American Sunrise. And that was a major league blessing. And it gave uh, exposure to the show that 
we wouldn't have had otherwise, and that I am grateful to God for. Uh, another thing that I know I'm thankful for, uh, earlier this year, just uh, I'd say about a couple of months ago, uh, In Black and Right was honored to be one of the top 20 black conservative podcasts to follow on the internet. And that was a major mind blower <laughs> because I wasn't even thinking that they, uh, that they tracked that sort of thing. But yep, In Black and Right was named in the top 20. And that was a major blessing. Uh, and yes, also another major blessing that happened this year. Uh, got a brand new studio. And it's fantastic. It's great uh, having an opportunity to uh, go at my own pace. Uh, but it did get but another blessing that I did survive Hurricane Idalia, <laughs> which uh, hit northern Florida uh, just a few short months ago. It was pretty nasty, uh, but by the grace of God, he protected, uh, he protected the studio and the house I live in, and I am very, very grateful for that. So I'm hoping that if anybody's listening, you know, uh, Tell, you know, what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for this year? Uh, you can certainly do that at uh, send us uh, whatever at our email uh, in black and right at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. What are you thankful for? That is uh, something, and also. I know there are some folks, some activists who, and especially in the Native American community, who are just, who just have some sort of weirded out bent about wanting to no longer celebrate Thanksgiving. And it's just weird. How, how many countries on this planet set aside a make it a national holiday and set aside a day to express thanks and gratitude. Not many, I dare say. And this is the beauty of what makes America exceptional and unique. So, yay. Uh, but it just, but like I said, the left is so wackadoodle, these Marxists, I actually heard something that was really wise. You cannot be a Marxist and grateful at the same time. And you can't be, you just can't be. It's like people who try to separate and bifurcate, you know, supporting the Palestinian people versus supporting Hamas. Sorry, you can't do it. They're, they are inexorably linked. They're linked because essentially, if anything, Israel just wants to live in peace, but the problem is they can't because Hamas and Hezbollah, you know, just can't. So this is just weirdness to me when 
I hear these activists, you know, and they get their uh, 15 minutes of fame on MSLSD and other things. But I'll tell you, this, this is just weird to me. It, it's just plain weird. Uh, but kind of, I mean, sticking to a Thanksgiving theme still. <laughs> and yes, there's a lot to be thankful for, but... Uh, according to this headline from Just the News, cost of Thanksgiving dinner up 25% since 2019. I thought, you know, this is Joe Biden's America. Now, even though in a lot of cases, the price of turkeys have actually come down, but some things, the side dishes, have actually gone up up in price and it's just wild i mean pumpkin pie dinner rolls cranberry sauce stuffing a lot of the traditional side dishes have gone up in price you know and other and people i know uh have opted for a less traditional thanksgiving you know, some are some are serving ham, some serving prime rib. Others I know are just having themselves a nice T-bone steak. I mean, heck, I'm having myself a ribeye. <laughs> I mean, this is the type of thing that just blows my mind. I mean, I went to the grocery store shopping for my Thanksgiving meal, and I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh." The prices of stuff is up, but is it really a surprise in Joe Biden's America? No. People are understanding this, and they're feeling it. And there are people who are in such a state that, in some cases, they may not be able to afford a Thanksgiving dinner because they've been just devastated by the economy, by inflation, and... God knows whatever else. So yeah, I'm just blown away. But I'm grateful that even though it's going to be an intimate gathering, but I'm grateful for the friends that I have. And for my friends throughout the country, I love you guys. And I appreciate you more than you can imagine. But... As we are, and, and I have no problem spending, you know, just kind of a monologue of Thanksgiving because there is things, there are, there are things, plenty of things. I mean, not just, I mean, just for life. Because I'm coming up in just a couple of weeks to an anniversary that I'm not exactly uh, keen on, but... It is a testimony of the grace of God and the keeping power of God. Because on December the 4th, six years ago, 2017, I suffered a pretty nasty stroke. And I was living in Phoenix, Arizona at the time. And I was wondering, you know, lying in a hospital bed, am I even going to make it to Christmas? I mean, this is real life and death stuff, you know, and I'm 
trying to I mean my world was upside down and inside out and everything was just kind of sideways but I was very grateful that there were people who who prayed for me who helped me in various ways and it was not an easy or quick sort of recovery and I'm still dealing with a lot of the effects of it today but but by the grace of God I survived a stroke two strokes actually but yeah this is just things like this is what makes Thanksgiving Thanksgiving because to have an attitude of gratitude is never and I mean never a bad thing it really isn't and with that in mind let's go on to some of the other things that have uh, eased that have piqued my interest now certainly one important thing I mean tomorrow is going especially in New York and I want to focus on that is you know the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade which has been a tradition for decades but it's going to have to undergo increased security uh, because of all of the anti-semitism and other violence in New York City now Kathy Hochul uh, the governor of New York um, is I really think she's taking a lesson from Rahm Emanuel former mayor of Chicago and one-time Bill Clinton White House chief of staff never let a good crisis go to waste and this is an opportunity apparently for New York schools uh, not just you know dealing with physical security but this is a chance for public schools to once again uh, program kids because this announcement was made um, yesterday by uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul uh, talking about how to how she's going to be dealing with the situation of uh, all the anti-semitism against Jewish people and Muslims and Arabs but this is one component that she's going to be wanting to put in public schools and see if this doesn't sound a little bit familiar to you today I'm directing the director of division of Homeland Security and emergency services to develop media literacy tools for K through 12 in our public schools this will teach students and even teachers to help understand how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation, and online hate. Start talking about what we're seeing out there. Give the teachers the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them from hatred and the spread of it okay all right uh lead, media literacy i mean hello haven't we heard this before in a different form 
I mean, even the Department of Homeland Security wanted to have sort of an office of disinformation. I mean, hello? And now they want to put it in New York State in public schools. Okay, something ain't right with this picture, folks. What in the Sam Hell is Kathy Hochul doing? Well, it, talk about misinformation and disinformation. I mean, this is essentially nothing short of leftist Marxist programming of kids. I mean, it's almost like grooming, you know, with these kids with CRT and gender ideology and blah, blah, blah. Now we're going to teach K through 12 how to essentially become truth detectors? <laughs> no, this is exactly why uh, so many parents are taking their kids out of public schools because they didn't bargain and they're sick and tired of their taxpayer money paying for all of this crap that doesn't teach kids uh, anything about the real world. And yeah, gotta love that. Ugh, that just made me just want to actually puke. I thought, well, okay, here we go. We're taking advantage of this. And so now here's another way. New York State school kids in public schools and can be programmed into nice Marxist leftists uh, drones when they get older. I mean, it's bad enough they've, they've got it on college campuses, not just in New York State, but all over the country. And these pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas student groups are just nothing short of a mess. Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> Ugh. My apologies, folks. Oh, I just had a little bit of a technical glitch here, but it's okay. But yeah, this just makes me crazy. It absolutely makes me all kinds of crazy with this. Now, one thing I'm also thankful for is our nation's military. They're going to be working tomorrow, keeping the country safe, doing all sorts of things. But a couple of stories that are related, but on the that they're related but when you look at it just on the surface they're not but they actually are from uh, this great headline from just the news uh, com and the headline reads military woos ex-service members fired over covid vax mandate offering return and correcting records I'm thinking to myself, hmm, why is this going on now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, sure, recruitment is down. It's down in all branches of the military. And now all of a sudden, they're desperate. They're absolutely desperate because I don't know of anybody 
who's willing to go and serve their country just because you've got drag queens in a particular branch of, ser of the service? Uh, no, sorry. And frankly, these letters that were sent by uh, the Department of Defense, I mean, come on, if you really want to make things right with the thousands of service members who got the boot because they wouldn't take the jab, first of all, uh, you need to make it an official apology because it's because this these letters, the way they're worded, you know, it's like, oh, come back. I mean, we're not going to apologize, but we've... No, you do need to apologize. And that's what I love about President Trump. He has, already, he has said numerous times that those military members who were given the boot because they wouldn't take the vaccine, they will be given, they need to be given a formal apology by the Department of Defense, uh, be it either the Secretary of Defense, the Chair of the Joint Chiefs, the commander-in-chief or a combination thereof and they need to make things right what do I mean by that they need to not only get an official apology but they need to be restored to their previous rank and given back pay because of the time they've missed that's how you make it right that's how you make it right period End of discussion on that. And I and I have a lot of friends of mine who are in who are currently in the military. I know a ton of veterans all over the country. This is just this is a joke and a very cruel one done by the Defense Department. It just is. And ugh. I, I think it's disgusting, to be perfectly honest. It really is. So for all of those service members who receive these letters, you know, hey, thanks. You know, if you want to say thanks, but no thanks, I'll totally understand it because they need to give you people an apology and back pay. These are the things, and this needs to come from leadership, from the top. Be it the Secretary, like I said, Secretary of Defense, Chair of the Joint Chiefs, uh, the Commander-in-Chief, whatever. But it needs to be done. So, but on the flip side of this, in a related story, yesterday, um, Minot Air Force Base in Minot, North Dakota, its leadership sent text messages to its personnel. And this was reported yesterday by Fox News and by Charlie Kirk, the founder and president of Turning Point USA, because it had to deal directly with TPUSA. Now, Tyler Boyer, who is, who is the head of Turning Point Action, which is the political uh, branch of the organization that deals with voter registration and election integrity issues. Uh, Mr. Boyer 
was in North Dakota at a rally, a Patriot rally. And there were, and, and the folks at the Air Force Base, who knows, maybe some of them actually wanted to, while they're off duty, go to the event to go hear Tyler Boyer speak. But apparently, uh, we had a problem, folks. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the leadership of Minot Air Base, apparently in this text that they sent to all their personnel, and I'm trying to, um, Okay. One second here. I'm just trying to. Okay, there we go. I I want to uh. I want to read that. Uh, read this to you. At least a portion of it. Uh, this is from uh local news in uh, North Dakota, KXNET, uh, this is just crazy. Uh, I'm wanting to, okay, hang on a second here. Okay, there we go. Now, apparently in this text that was sent by the leadership at Minot Air Base, to its personnel who are stationed there that to attend this rally that was going on in Minot would somehow jeopardize uh, the careers of anyone who attended it because it was being partially done by turning point action. So apparently word of this spread pretty stinking fast uh, through Capitol Hill. And North Dakota Senator, uh, Republican Kevin Kramer, and oh baby, he was not happy to say the least. So this is what Senator Kramer put on, on a public Air Force-themed Facebook page. Quote, First of all, if somebody disguised as a leader at Minot Air Force Base actually put out this hyper-partisan left-wing political message, they need to rescind it immediately. Kramer wrote in a statement Tuesday from his office. Continued, They need to apologize for it profusely, and then they need to encourage the airmen at Minot Air Force Base who are inclined to attend a conservative traditional American values rally to do exactly that and bring a friend. Then that leader, the so-called leader, needs to be removed from their position, end quote. I'm thinking, ooh, ouch. Ouch, and, and Senator Kramer was not the only one because I'll guarantee you the House and the Senate armed service, especially the House, since Republicans uh, have that, have the majority. Oh yeah. They're, they're going to have the House Armed Services Committee 
are definitely going to have to bring the commander of the base before them and say, yo, what's up with this? You know. Now, of course, the statement from the air base <laughs> was just a trip, uh, for sure. Uh, and this is, quote, Minot Air Force Base is aware that an unofficial message about a local event in the city of Minot was sent in a text message group. The message was based on incorrect data and sent outside of official base manage messaging platforms. Once the error was identified, base security officials corrected the message traffic to categorize the event as a local political fundraiser with no security concerns. Further, the updated message communicated there were no issues with military members participating in the personal capacity. In line with their First Amendment rights, all Air Force airmen have a constitutional right to freedom of assembly. That said, there are some limitations placed on an airman's ability to participate in political events in, a, in an official capacity. These limitations are set by ethical guidelines in the Code of Federal Regulations in order to maintain the politically neutral stance of the U.S. military, end quote. So in other words, yeah, it was a mistake that they sent this out warning anybody who went to this event to listen to uh to tyler boyer and all the other speakers there at this rally in minot that your careers will be jeopardized if you attend this or if you've associated yourself with any of these organizations um sorry this is why i say the wokeness of our military is just really ridiculous. First, I mean, it, it makes me wonder. I mean, the story about, hey, we want you back. Come on. All is forgiven. You know, you can get, you can come back into the service. You know, and, and the Pentagon and the leadership of the Defense Department isn't sorry one stinking bit because the recruitments are down. That's their only motivation. And now you hear this story about, wait a minute, here we have uh, military personnel who want to go to an event and they're not, and as individuals who are off-duty members of the military, you know, they just want to go there and hear the speakers and whatever. And the Air Force Base leadership, quote unquote, says, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Otherwise, we're going to make you pay for it. So needless to say, what is it? Come on, Secretary Austin. You're the Secretary of Defense. Which is it? Do you want to get these people back who you basically gave the boot to because they wouldn't take the damn vaccine? Or are you just simply going to tell members of the military, don't you dare go to an event, otherwise we're going to make it hard for you. So, yeah. I mean, there's pushback on this. 
But it makes me wonder, I don't think it's a question of, at least with the, at least with the military, woke versus not woke. I mean, that needs to stop. But for heaven's sakes, make up your freaking mind. You need people. You need people. The numbers of recruitment are down. So to threaten any member of any branch of the service just because they want to go to a, uh, a rally, a political event that upholds traditional American values, no wonder you're no wonder y'all got problems. No wonder. And ugh, that's just in stinking sane. At least to me anyway. But uh, let's see. One other thing I let's see, hang on a second. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Ugh. No, no, no. Okay, here we go. Now, just last week, Speaker Mike Johnson let all of the January 6th footage put it online, released it out there. But, oh, mercy. Some of the things that have come out ever since then, whew. We have hundreds of people right now in the DC Gulag who are political prisoners. And you have a psycho woman judge, federal judge, who punishes them worse than what even federal prosecutors would do. And they're essentially called terrorists. But yet, just the news has uh, and John Solomon and his team are phenomenal, have had have gotten exclusive footage of a Metro Washington, D.C. cop claiming to work undercover as Antifa. And this has been obtained by congressional investigators now, you want to tell me the Fed's erection is some sort of conspiracy theory? Well, listen to this. Well, we go under covers and teeth in a crowd, so can you put that back in? Yeah, yeah, it feels better. You guys get sprayed. Here, here. Okay. When we go undercover as Antifa, uh-huh. And you want it, I mean, no, folks. I've even seen online that there needs to be a call from members of Congress and the attorneys for those who are uh, in the DC Gulag? <laughs> oh no. That, they, the folks need to be let go. They need, their cases need to be dismissed. They need to be let go because I've even heard the word entrapment. And that, I believe, is a very appropriate term because this was a setup. 
And there's going to be, there's already stuff coming out. It's been coming out for days. It's footage that no one has ever seen of people who've been, uh, uh, cops, I guess, who've been arrested and, you know, and then the, the cop takes, the, the other cop takes the uh, cuffs off of the undercover guy, fist bumping and everything. Uh-uh. No. No, 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 no. And I'm willing to bet that Trump's legal team is gathering a whole bunch of footage to basically go right at Jack Smith and say, wait a minute, Trump didn't do this. No. He was the one who was trying to get the National Guard, but Pelosi and Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., didn't. And it's like a peaceful protest went wacky and went sideways. And now Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, has never, ever told Congress how many uh, undercover agents there were. Nothing. He won't say it. Um, the D.C. police won't say anything. The FBI won't say anything. The Department of Justice won't say anything. And yes, I'm still going to wonder about the mysterious Mr. Ray Epps. Hmm? Why did he get a break? And frankly, even Marjorie Taylor Greene is calling for a brand new January 6th commission which it will actually be done right because there will be a ranking member, there will be minority counsel, there will be an opportunity for cross-examination. Not like that kangaroo court of and joke that it was, the last one. So anyway, that's going to be a hoot. Uh, let's see now. Oh, and of course... I wanted, I definitely did not want to skip over this one because this is indicative of something that really fries me. Now, this is from the National Pulse. Uh, the headline, Iowa Faith CEO Bob Vanderplatz endorses DeSantis after taking $95,000 from him. And it's like, what? Okay. Just reading some of the story. Bob Vanderplatz, who leads the Family Leader Organization encompassing marriage matters, the Iowa Family PAC, and Iowans for Freedom in the Hawkeye State, has endorsed Florida Governor Ron DeSantis shortly after accepting nearly $100,000 from his team. Discussing his endorsement of DeSantis with Brett Baer of Fox News, the Iowa Republican was confronted with the Donald Trump with Donald Trump's campaign statement on the matter. And this is uh, the Trump campaign statement. Over 150 faith leaders in Iowa are organizing their congregations for President Trump, and not a single one demanded nearly a hundred thousand dollars like Bob Vander Vanderplatz did from Ron DeSantis. When you are actually the leader of a movement like President Trump is, people are willing to support you for free. Quote, unquote. That was from the Trump campaign. Now, this just blows my mind. 
Because has you know when you're talking faith, matters of faith, and you're talking about leaders, I mean if this guy Vanderplatz, who endorsement of De Sanctis was bought and paid for, it really makes me wonder what Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds got for her endorsement of my governor. Hmm? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. Apparently, we now know by the story that Vanderplatz, uh, we now know his price. His 30 pieces of silver. Now, when you've got so many people, I mean, maybe not um, as big of a guy like Vanderplatz in Iowa who are supporting Trump. <laughs> really, this just disgusts me, frankly, because people, you know, faith leaders, I mean, sadly, I've dealt with some who are, who have been done some really hinky things and some are aren't even willing to get into the realm of the political because you know for whatever reason but the problem is the way things are going right now dude dudes and dudettes <laughs> pastors and other faith leaders you better realize you might not like politics, but politics is definitely liking you. And they will do whatever they can to take the preaching of the gospel and trash it. Put it through a wood chipper. So, again, I'm at a point where I just have to say, you know, this, this is disgusting. Okay? This disgusts me. Because as someone who is a person of faith, this is not how you do business. Period. I mean, hey, nobody else gave uh, any of these faith leaders money. Trump didn't. Haley didn't. Tim Scott didn't. Christie didn't. Vivek Ramaswamy didn't. But Ron DeSantis apparently did. It's uh, no wonder uh, Governor DeSantis right now needs to get his sorry butt back to, Pal to Tallahassee. The Florida Assembly has called for him to end his campaign. Um, and, and that's pretty bad when your own party and your own group of legislators are saying, hey, we got problems here at home. Forget your... Uh, visits on MSNBC and their and your campaign because the the debates aren't helping you the polls aren't helping you you're nowhere near Trump and all you're basically trying to wait for like sharks with blood in the water is somebody to convict Trump and I'll bet you if it happens his polling will go up even more than it already has so this story just disgusts me it really does. And I hate saying that. Because there is coming a point where God's not putting up with any of this crud. You know, the backroom deals, the politics, and whatever. Nope. He's tired of it. 
And frankly, so am I. But I hope this story about Vanderplatz sends a message to faith leaders all over the country. Do you have a price tag? That's it. It's real simple. Do you have a price tag? If you do, I suggest you get out of your ministry or whatever organization you're a part of because we don't need you. We don't want you. And you're already given a bad enough name uh, for the kingdom of God then the, and the mainstream media would absolutely love it. They, they, they live for this. Ugh. Anyway, my friends, uh, I think I am finished for the day and for the rest of the week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, pass it on to your friends. Let them know about us. And for each and every one of you who is traveling this Thanksgiving weekend, I pray safe travels for each and every one of you. And enjoy your time with your family and with your friends. And on that note, God bless. Have a great Thanksgiving. I will see you good folks back next Monday, the 27th. And as always in the meantime, patriots come in all colors. God bless you.